And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. It is Friday. The end of the week. I'm tired. Or as we say down in the South, I'm tired. <clears throat> Greetings, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. And uh, it's good to see all of you here. I'm looking in the chat. I see uh, Cam1138 here. I see Hex Island Comics. I see Dave. Good to see all of you. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. And if you are with us live... Wait, what's going on there? Okay, some, some random bug in OBS keeps freezing my control panel so we're gonna have some fun today if you are with us live the chat is open if you're not with us live you can still leave a comment uh and if uh you are listening to this as a podcast uh, i do want to encourage you to check out the video every now and again just because you might uh, you might catch something that you don't get to to hear about. I mean, video sometimes makes it a little bit better. The email address, uh, what is today? Yeah, uh, this this show is live from the bunker. So the email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And uh, it will uh, get right to me because I read every single email. I read every single comment. Even the ones from the German porn bots. So, there is that. All right. So, uh, I the, the I say random stuff and nonsense today because it basically kind of feels like it's just there's there's a lot of things going on and uh, not anything that I really want to spend a whole lot of time on, just because. And so I don't know it. Okay. I'm getting an error on YouTube, not receiving enough video. So we might buffer on YouTube. I'm not exactly sure why I haven't changed any settings. I think YouTube's being YouTube. I call shenanigans anyway. Okay. <clears throat> so <clears throat> let us start uh, with this bit of randomness because you know, why not? Uh, iPhone, when did the iPhone uh, update happen? It was Monday? Last week. Okay, so just found this. This is from St. John's Congregational Church on their marquee out front. Adam and Eve, the first two not to read the Apple terms and conditions. Thought I would share that with you. I thought that was rather funny, rather humorous, ha-ha moment. Let me ask you this. Do you ever sit and actually read the terms and conditions for anything for which you sign up. What? Joe Rogan does. Joe Rogan does? They can't hear you. TikTok? Is that what it was? Joe Rogan with the TikTok terms? No Okay. Joe Rogan sat and read through the terms and conditions, all of it, and I believe it was for TikTok, just to find out how deep into China it goes. Ah, I see. Okay. All right. Thanks. And it does. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just, you kind of sign off on it, you just scroll through and you hit accept in order to think, because if you don't, then the thing doesn't work, Right. So, I don't know. I, I've scrolled through a few of them, and it's, uh, you know, every now and again I sit there and I think, well, you know, we, we've kind of done this to ourselves by accepting all of these terms and conditions. I don't know that we're going to recover from it. Anyway, because... <clears throat> The internet is the internet, and they're gonna internet. And if they don't like what you're doing, they will uh, they will attack 
from a number of fronts, and we've got news this week. The, the trial between Johnny and Amber is getting a movie, and it's going to be out on Tubi September 30th, which is like two weeks from now. We're going to get the movie dramatization of the trial. And the first, my first thought is, who wants this? The second thought is, some people will eat this up. And the third thought, of course, is that they are not going to be kind to Mr. Depp, I'm sure. Because for whatever reason, and there are some suspicions on this, we'll get to that in a second. For whatever reason, the media and Hollywood and the trades are now doubling down and fully investing and continuing their barrage of attacks against anyone who wants to cover this story in such a way that they're actively pursuing the truth, whatever that is. And anybody that, that watched the trial knows that certain things were said, that testimony went a certain direction, and, 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 and the media continues to lie about it and attack anybody that's looking for the truth. Here's a new report from Rolling Stone. This article po posted a couple of days ago where it, they're deliberately attacking. They're using a new report generated by the company called Bot Sentinel, and I'm not going to go through all of this. But they are specifically targeting that umbrella guy who's made a number of videos covering the trial, leading up to the trial and coming after the trial, doing some analysis and whatnot. And the, the report from Bot Sentinel fails to disclose the financial relationship, the client relationship, that Bot Sentinel has had with Ms. Hurd. They, they hired Bot Sentinel. Ms. Hurd's team hired Bot Sentinel back in 2020 after Bot Sentinel did an analysis on all the various different attacks, quote unquote, allegedly, on Meghan Markle. And so they said, We want to hire you to do some analysis on, you know, hate speech and hate videos and what kind of what kind of reputation harm we're doing and whatever on, on Ms. Hurd. And so they've they've worked for her and this article when it was originally published did not disclose that relationship now after a bunch of blowback on the on the socials they went back in and added the disclaimer but the disclaimer itself as tugs pointed out the disclaimer itself is not in the report that's cited in this article it's from an earlier report it's not from this actual document they're using here. And the latest report from Bot Sentinel, they're all over Tug. And for whatever reason, he has struck a nerve. And, you know, you've got him, you've got Riketa, you've got, uh, I think Runkle has done a video on this, try to, basically taking down and fisking this, this article. We're not, I'm not going to go through it because I, I don't have, I don't have the patience but I also don't have the extensive number of hours invested into all of this in order to, you know, analyze and debunk and all of this. But, you know, it's, it's the Rolling Stone, it's Bot Sentinel, they're attacking Tug. So they're automatically, you know, to me, it's, it's an automatic bias. You remember when Rolling Stone used to cover music? Them were the days, right? But it's part of this whole us versus them thing where if you're not in a particular camp, if you're not part of a particular tribe, you come under fire, you come under attack for whatever position that you have that's contrary to what the, the accepted narrative is. And the theory, the suspicion that I've heard bandied about in a couple of different places is that a certain young actress has used 
physical relationship stuff in order to blackmail certain executives and celebrities in the Hollywood machine, which is one of the reasons why all of this continues to turn the way it does, is that Amber allegedly, allegedly has been using sex to get various different positions and casting jobs and you have all these things and using blackmail to make sure that she gets those things. Hi, Kaylee. Good to see you in the chat as well. So I don't know if there's anything to that, whether there's smoke, there's fire generally, but if she's doing that, it puts a different, uh, it puts a different color on this whole thing. But it's Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood politics... It, it it just seems like if that were going on, it probably would have come out a little bit sooner. I'm not saying it's not going on. I, 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 I can I can believe that it's happening. Sure. But this is the same crowd that locked arms and circled the wagons for Harvey Weinstein for so many years. So, you know, the whole thing smacks of hypocrisy and and the there's a there's a new movie that's coming out uh and I don't know when it's coming it's coming out later this year I think it's called Babylon it's been making the film festival circuit and um I think uh Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie are in it and it it just from looking at the trailer, it pretty much accurately describes Hollywood. Babylon, the harlot, you know, the 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 party town that's, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll type of thing. And the older I get, and it's not a it's not a fundamental religious thing so much, but you know, you look at the decadence of Hollywood and you look at the kind of things they will defend, the kind of behavior they will defend, and the idea of nuking it from orbit comes to mind quite a bit. It's the only way to be sure. And as we develop parallel economies where the non-progressive Marxist liberal leftist crowd decides to carve out places of their own, we're going to start seeing, I think, an, a, a, a more of this. I think we're going to see Hollywood ramp up with this decadence and evil as a counterpoint. Because... We haven't had anything to compare it to in the in 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 the past. You know, you had Hollywood. Hollywood makes movies. Nobody else makes movies. If anybody else makes movies, they're small, little, independent films. They do the film festival circuit. They might go straight to DVD or whatever. But now there is a there's an ongoing effort to really dig in and carve out space in entertainment. And now you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, do I want to watch Veggie Tales? Do I want to watch uh, what's the uh, uh, the chinchilla, the, the animated chinchilla series that, that Daily Wire is working on, right? I got that over here. Or I've got this over here from Hollywood that's going to normalize sexualizing kids. Which, which do I want to do? And, and now the, everything comes in stark relief, the comparison, because now you've got two things that you can compare to each other. And you realize that Hollywood has lost the plot. But it's our fault. As conservatives, conservatives have conceded too many battlefields. 
All right. Because you know, there's there's a couple of different kinds of conservative. There's the go along to get along compromise crowd, in which case we basically end up doing what. Yeah, fine. Whatever. We'll just do it your way because I don't want to fight. And the other crowd is this is a fight I don't want to have. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take my marbles and go home. And so we've conceded entertainment to the left. We've conceded politics to the left for the most part. We don't have the debates. Not as much as we should. Not enough. And so the left gets to run roughshod over all of this. The left gets to infiltrate our entertainment, Hollywood, movies, television, theater, literature. I mean, you look at what happened with the sad puppies and, and all of that stuff with Hugo's. You look now, now it could possibly be happening with the Dragon Awards. You have uh, the left in charge of our schools. You have the left running libraries and the left and our unions and all, all these different things. And every little bit, we, we concede and we back away and we back away and we back away. It's like that book, uh, Ordinary Men, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about. If I, if I push you just a little bit until you push back... And then I push you a little bit more, and then I push you a little bit more. Suddenly you find yourself three miles down the road, and you wonder how you got there. It's incrementalism. And every little thing, when we don't fight back on this stuff, when we don't push back, they get more, and they want more, and they want more, and there's no consequences. But you have this parallel economy that's developing now where you're going to have things like that, where you're going to have competition in the marketplace, which is always good, wherever this is. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, uh, a right-left thing even because it's, it, it's, it's I think it's more fundamental than that. I don't think it has anything to do really with a political ideology so much as it's a it's a faith. The leftists, the Marxists, the progressives that are in charge of all of this stuff. Yeah, you, know, you know, and Keeley, Keeley says here, I'm a liberal, I can't stand leftists. There, there is a distinction. And we have to make that distinction. You know, you've got regular liberals, rank-and-file people who vote for Democrats, and okay, fine. Liberals, left of center, uh, left-leaning libertarians. I mean, the various different labels that you can use, different descriptions that you can use. But the leftists, the people who are on the extreme side of progressive thought— they're Marxists. And the way that Marxists work is, is by class envy. They're going to divide everybody up into class, race, sex, gender, whatever. They divide people up in order to control them, in order to have them after each other, fighting each other, so they're not fighting the elites. And the elites feel like they're entitled to the power that they have, the influence that they have. And... When it starts to fall apart, <clears throat> you get Martha's Vineyard. You know, you, you get this stuff where, um, you know, people are reacting to, you know, the consequences of their choices. Hello, Tom, over in uh, the Odyssey chat. Happy Friday to you as well. I need to figure out, we need to figure out a way to get the, get the chat in Odyssey where I can where I can pop it up on the screen. I'm going to figure that out. The other thing you talk about uh, you talk about consequences of of consequences of decisions. G4 looks to be imploding. Uh, hit with major layoffs less than a year after coming back. Uh, this is Ethan Gash in Kotaku. 
At least somewhere between 20 to 30 staff members were laid off at G4TV today, according to three sources familiar with the business. The video game talk show network from the 2000s was resurrected last fall on streaming platforms like Twitch as well as cable TV, but now faces major upheaval less than a year later. Uh, <clears throat> going down in here. Uh, the timing and severity of the cuts took staff by surprise with talent showing up on set today and ready to film only to have programming canceled as HR reps met individually with employees. While it's not clear what the extent of the layoffs will be, one source said those affected were told they would receive anywhere between 16 weeks and 6 months of severance based on their tenure with Comcast, G4's parent company. Now, the, the boss over at G4 has also resigned, has gone. Uh, somebody, however, has survived. Frosk, uh, let me see if I can find that. Frosk posted over on Twitter that she survived the purge. <clears throat> Frosk is responsible, at least partially, for the purge. Folks, if you if you will remember her anti-male screed that she went on her little rant, uh, you know, strong women feminist rant that she did a, a while back and got roasted for. She's still there. And G4 is hurting. G4 financially has been in trouble for, for a number of months now because nobody wants to watch that garbage. Nobody wants to watch you shoot off your mouth about something that doesn't have anything to do with what your channel's about. I have to be very careful about this kind of thing here because I would like nothing more than to rant about President Asterisk, but I'm not going to. Because that's not what this kind of channel is. And and you get this us versus them thing. You know, this, if you don't like my politics, don't buy my books crap. It does harm to your brand. It does harm to your company. And your company is sitting there saying, hey, we're a business. We're, we're in this to make money. And your employees are actively encouraging your your customer base to go somewhere else. That's not good for the customer for the company. That's not good for the bottom line. Uh, Keely says all this because Frost had to open her mouth. The only good thing about Frost opening her mouth is Chrissy made an impression of her. Uh, ironic. Frost's most recent post talks about playing video games when that topic was associated with her is now viewed with nothing but contempt. Yeah, she. She did it to herself. I mean, you have you have an opportunity here. Whether it's reviving the G4 brand or creating something new that's, hey, we're going to play video games and talk about video games and, and talk to developers of video games. We're going to interview creative people who make video games. Do that. If you're a video game channel... Do that. Talk video games. Don't uh, don't sit there and give me a give me a political rant. And believe me, it's I I I understand the temptation. But you have to show a certain amount of restraint because the brand has to have a certain image, right? I mean, that's the whole goal. Right, you've got a business, you have a brand, you have a you have a reputation to maintain, whatever that whatever whatever it is. Video game channel, you're buying widget, you know, you're you're making widgets, you sell perfume or whatever. Your messaging has to stay on brand. This is something that we it's this is basic marketing 101. Everything about the brand has to be consistent with the message that you want people to get about your brand. Yes, Dave, it's called brand integrity. You have to you have to craft all of this. You can't just go off the cuff. 
And that's one of the things that I think social media has has done us no favors with is, you know, you're you're marketing people and your uh, your uh, PR people are probably having sleepless nights considering that their clients will pop off and, and shoot something out on social media without thinking about it. And it runs counter to the brand, whether it's an attack on, on, on the customer base or if it's some political screed or if it's some anti-whatever. And the PR people are sitting there going, no, don't, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why would you do that? <coughs> I've done that. I have said that to clients. Don't do that. You want to stay... On message, this is your message, and and that's a that's a discussion where you consciously decide. Okay, what is our message? Our message is our mission statement. Our brand stands for, you know, whatever it is, and everything that you put out has to be connected to that message some way. Has to reinforce that message some way. It's like it's like CB Sobolski coming out at C2E2 and saying that Peter Parker has to be relatable so he can't be married. Which is a dumb position to take because for a number of years Peter Parker was married to MJ and everybody thought it was great. Not everybody, but for the most part, I mean those books sold. And for him to sit there and say marriage is not a thing, this goes back to the New 52 over at DC Comics. And it goes, you know, into all of the, you know, well, people can't relate to being married. Okay. I would, I would counter that with not everybody is going to relate to every superhero being gay. See, this is the message the message is we don't believe in marriage. As a publisher, as, as storytellers, we don't believe in marriage. We don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. We don't believe in the integrity of marriage. We don't believe in the value of marriage. So we're going to completely do away with any story that has anything to do with it. But did you know Jonathan Kent was bisexual? Did you know Tim Drake is bisexual? Did you know, hey, did you know that Bruce Wayne was bisexual? Did you know that Harley Quinn and, and Poison Ivy and Iceman, I mean, where does it stop? And you have to know, you have to understand that if, I mean, look at what happened to Ethan Van Skyver. If people on the other side of that, of that argument did what Frost did, if you have somebody like Ethan, if you have somebody that like, uh, well, I mean, Melanie Mack is is coming under fire for uh, putting her faith out there and, and saying, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a gamer. Christian first. And she's got people coming after her now. If I sit here and do this whole big rant about, you know, if, if you don't like my Christian values, then go go away. That would be a that would be a mistake on my part. One, I don't believe that, but I would get pilloried if I was, you know, more well known and people picked up on it and said, "Oh, look at what he said." This is it. You don't do that kind of thing. You don't do things to deliberately antagonize part of your market base. They're customers. They're not fans. They're not friends. They're not, you know, your homies you hang out with. It's they're customers. You have to think in a, spe a specific mindset that these people are buying a product or a service, depending on what your business is. They're paying you money to do this one thing that you're good at, supposedly. They are not paying you to tell them what you think about other things. Yes, Dave, it's just like the Gillette commercial, you know, the, the we can do better stuff. 
Gillette took a hit over that. And G4 is taking a hit over the Frost thing. And they're not going to recover. G4 is back and gone away. And it's not going to, it's not going to go well for them. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, uh, it's just like, it's just like the rings of power. You know, everybody coming out on the rings of power, that everything is, you know, racist if you don't like it. You know, the little mermaid. You, know, you don't like you don't like the race swap. Well, you're racist. It doesn't have anything to do with story. Oh no, can't can't do story. Can't have anything to do with that. Amazon's committed to five seasons of Rings of Power. I would be surprised if they make it past two. But it's this same kind of thing. This this us versus them. If you don't like it, go away. It's antagonistic. It's confrontational. Hey, if you don't like this, I'm sorry you don't like it. What do you not like about it? You know, well, maybe try this one over here. We've got this other thing over here. Maybe you'll like this one. That's how you, that's how you do this. That's how you deal with criticism. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like that. We did our best to try to do X. Maybe we didn't hit the mark. But here, try this one over here. Maybe you'll like this one. You don't like this blueberry muffin? Try this strawberry muffin instead. You know, give them options. Give them alternatives and sit there and say, hey, well, you know, you don't like this widget? Try this widget. You don't blast them into next week and sit there and say, well, you don't like it, tough cookies, take a walk. Douglas in the chat. Good to see you. I don't think I've seen your uh, your name in the chat. Good to see you there. Uh, love that Frank Miller is setting up his own comic company. Ronin Two looks cool. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's you know it's that parallel economy thing that we're talking about. It's one of the reasons why indie comics have taken off as as much as they have. It's why Eric July has got three point five million dollars sitting there for Isom. It's why Cyberfrog has taken off. It's why. Uh, Bancroft with the Lucent, Mandy, uh, Mandy Summers, all, all of these people. By the way, Mandy has, has uh, taken to social media to note that Indiegogo has ghosted her project. If you don't have the link, you can't find it on Indiegogo, and she's wondering why. It might have something to do with the design for Gemshock, the fact that she's practically not wearing anything. But, I digress. And yeah, Mazers, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance was arguably good and well-received. Netflix canceled it anyway. So serious doubts on Rings of Power based on that alone. And, well, I agree. And I think, I think part of it is <clears throat> when you look at Rings of Power, and I haven't watched it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going off of second and third hand reports and reactions and stuff. But if you look at, they're anticipating failure. And so you have to set up your narrative in order to explain away your failure. You know, people aren't going to like this. Well, okay, then we should preemptively kind of prime the pump that, you know, we anticipate people are not going to like this because they're racist, because they're misogynist, because they're sexist, because they're homophobic, whatever. And you set that up so that when you do get the reaction to the quality of the craft, this is terrible writing, these characters are boring, this, there's nothing happening in anything, then you've already got your foundation for, oh, well, you just don't like it because you're racist. And... We're going to have to cancel it, sadly, because not enough people were watching because they got turned away and they got told by the racists not to watch. So you have this built-in excuse for failure. And we see it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's annoying. But it's also planned because it, the discussion has come out and, and and I don't have it in front of me but it's the hate bait there are there are 
there is a strategy now. And I want to say they're calling it, I think they're calling it troll baiting, where they're deliberately setting up this argument that people are not going to, people are not going to like this because do your, do 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 your fill in the blank uh, excuse here. I just I oh yeah. I don't know. It just it it boggles my mind that here we are in 2022. We haven't gone to we haven't gone back to the moon. We're not on Mars yet. I mean, we've got little probes on Mars, fine, but we we're, we're not we're not traveling the stars yet. We're we're building memes and TikTok videos and uh, I just uh, uh, Keyless suggests that uh, we get Vinny Vinny Tartamella of Vinny Art on an episode to talk about City of Venus 2 I'll make a note I will I will look him up um, we are going to have guests next week um, I am in the process of scheduling next Friday uh, well, let's see here. Next Friday, I'm going to have Russ. I'm going to make sure I pronounce this right because I uh, I don't like getting names wrong, you know? Um, Russ Kolshamiro is going to be on next Friday to talk about his, uh, his latest from uh, Crazy 8 Press. It's an Angela Hardwick mystery, and he's got a ch- you know he, Russ has got a channel too where he'll interview people and talk to to people and do kind of this same same sort of thing. So um, right, we're looking forward to that. I've also I'm also waiting to get confirmation. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Monday or Wednesday, but also we're looking to have the creator of Unique Studios out of Nigeria uh, on as a guest. I'm not sure. Again, we're checking on the we're checking on the uh, schedule to see if maybe we do it Monday or Wednesday. But check our socials, and we will uh, we will let you know. I'm going to take a real quick break. When we get back, we'll just hit, hit a couple of little flotsam and jetsam stuff. We'll talk about Quantum Leap. Because there's something going on with Quantum Leap right after this. No matter where you go, there you are. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. The concept of flying cars uh-huh. is just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. It is a disastrous idea. People can't drive on a level, flat surface, yeah. let alone, you know, it's... It, Trust me, this is one of those things where you want Khan to be thinking two-dimensionally. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. From the garden spots of SETI Alpha 5. There is our first... Our first muskmelon, ladies and gentlemen, right there. That is, uh... No, no, there's no sledgehammer involved here. Uh... What? Surprise! It's big. It's heavy. It's also split open, so I'd say it's ripe. It's ready to go. So yeah, we have. Uh, we ha- uh, you're you're in the shot. You're blocking the shot there. 
So there we are. Uh, we have uh, we have a muskmelon. I this this showed up on the fence. Some vine that showed up, and not anything that we planted, not anything that we planned for. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's that. Um, Yeah, the split was against the fence. We didn't see it. So there we are. Big melon. <sighs> anyway, coming up next week, uh, either Monday or Wednesday, I'm not sure, Roye Okupe, I think I'm pronouncing that right, he's going to be a guest. Uh, he is the creator of Unique Studios. They've got a new uh, a new thing they're well, the camera's on all the time. Um, Iyanu Child of Wonder is being adapted as a new HBO Max Cartoon Network series. So we're going to be talking to him about that, and we'll talk about other things as well, um, because there's a lot of stuff coming out of Africa uh, in, in terms of science fiction and fantasy, Afrofuturism is, is coming down the pike and it's, and it's going gangbusters. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff people are talking about and a lot of positive comments and whatnot. Um, over on the chat in Odyssey, Egg says, I've been very pleased to find so much good non-woke stories appearing with self-publishing. Kobo, Kindle, and such major publishers are a waste for the most part. I, I would tend to agree. I think, although I think it's interesting that I've seen we've got a we've got a news item that's going to be on tomorrow morning's report. There is a new Scarlet Witch title that launches in January over at Marvel Comics, and it's Steve Orlando. I think is 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 going to be writing it, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, some of the older people some of the more established professionals have not been around. And I'm, and I'm seeing this, you know, this is written by Steve, Steve Orlando, art by Sarah Pacelli, and they're not unknowns, and they're not little creators. So I don't know if that's an indicator that Marvel is looking to try to turn things around by bringing in established creators with, uh, with, with reputations. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Knurd... Is it nerd? Knurd. Nerd with a K over on Odyssey. Could use more volume. Have my system at 125%. The volume here is 100%. You know, that's that's something that we are continuing to try to to figure out as far as how how much volume is is going out. Uh, because if you can see here, and I'll I'll uh, I'll turn Mrs. Boss's camera off. But you can see here, right there in the middle, those are the winky blinkies that I look at uh, for the for the broadcast. And if it gets up into the red, if it gets up that high, uh, then it overmodulates. So we got to be careful on on some of this stuff because it doesn't look like uh, it doesn't look like anything here is uh, trimming our trimming our our audio back i'm not sure if it's something in the pipeline somewhere further down so i don't know we're, we're keeping an eye on it we're keeping an eye on it um nerds is also amazon will censor your kindle publications it, every everybody see here's here's the thing and that actually gives me a a a, a segue point here because amazon you have Amazon Web Services, right? Amazon Web Services provides hosting platforms and, and payment processing and all this kind of thing, right? And you talk about the parallel economy. I got an email this morning from Parler. And you remember what happened to Parler last year? Parler got nuked by everybody. And they were originally being hosted on Amazon Web Services. And Amazon said, nope, not anymore. Bye gone well I got a note from Parler this morning that they have just bought a company called Dynascale which is a cloud a cloud service company a cloud operations it looks like Parler is going to go after 
the 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 web hosting the the kind of business that Amazon Web Services has, and they're going to sit there and say we're going to do we're going to provide this to companies so they don't have to worry about being canceled off of their platforms. Now, whether that works or not, who knows? I would imagine that there's going to be people that buy into it because they're tired of getting censored, flagged, deplatformed, canceled. You know, this is this is going to be it's not going to be a national divorce where this state goes over here and this state goes over here. It's going it's going to be the people. As as much as as people might want to talk about you know, just dividing the country up. It's not going to be that clean. And it's not going to be pretty. And it's not going to be quiet. You're going to have, not necessarily, again, we're not, we're not into red versus blue. We're into elite power versus everybody else. And the people who buy into the elite power is... You know, you've got your progressives, you've got your Marxists, they want to be in charge of everything, they want to tell you what to do with everything, you know, we're we're not, look at California, we're not going to sell you gas-powered vehicles after 2035, we want you to have these these electric cars, but oh, by the way, the power grid won't support charging your electric cars, so don't. They want to control your movement, they want to control your ability to communicate, they want to control your ability to congregate. And that's what this parallel economy is setting up to work against. We don't want to be isolated and separated and segregated. So Daily Wire is giving us children's programming and movies. And, you know, Parler is going to get into cloud-based web services. And who knows? It'll be an interesting thing to see if it plays out the way it could play out. I don't know if it will or not. But... Somebody is trying, and if they don't make it, somebody else will try it. And if they don't make it, somebody else will try it. The idea is now out there, the genie's out of the bottle. Amazon doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all provider for web services. So it'll be you know, interesting interesting to see. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of, uh, speaking of canceled, this is sort of peripheral, not really on topic, but it kind of is because it's part of the it's part of the um, the revival of Brendan Fraser's career. This is an article coming out of the New York Post. Brendan Fraser's The Whale shouldn't be seen by fat people, critic says. <sighs> okay. <coughs> Here we go. This is um this is today, out of the New York Post. Now, The Whale is getting all sorts of praise. Brendan Fraser's performance especially is being hailed in this thing, and, and everybody says he's done just a phenomenal job. However, it's triggering some people. Uh, from the article, this is by Samantha Ibrahim. Brendan Fraser's critically acclaimed new film, The Whale, has been hailed as the actor's comeback after a long hiatus from starring roles on the big screen. I would say his comeback started with Doom Patrol, but, you know, what do I know? However, the 53-year-old Mummy star's haunting transformation, he donned a fat suit to play a depressed 600-pound uh, man, is also sparking some backlash. Film critic Katie Reif is going viral for advising plus-sized viewers and those who are of a thinner frame not to watch the Darren Aronofsky film, which earned a tear-jerking standing ovation in his Venice Film Festival premiere. I can't, uh, quote, I can't recommend in good conscience that fat people watch The Whale, Rife tweeted on Monday. I can't recommend that skinny people watch it either since it reinforces the notion that fat people are objects of pity who have brought their suffering upon themselves through lack of coping skills. <clears throat> okay. Um, Katie? It, you you kind of miss... I, I haven't seen the movie. 
I haven't I haven't seen it, but at at the at the risk of sounding like an us versus them i'm looking at i'm looking at your account here you look like a karen <laughs> i mean you sound like a karen too um xav club currently with rolling stone vulture ew indywire letter by oh well that explains it see this is this is the thing and yes he's in the batgirl film that's never coming out and he and michael keaton have both come out Fraser, not directly. He was doing an interview about the whale, and they were asking him, what have you got coming up next? And he goes, Batgirl. Oh. And, you know, he's he's making a joke out of it. And Keaton has said, you know, well, I guess, you know, it, it, it makes business sense to them, but he doesn't understand it, and that's fine. You know, you just sit there going, I don't know why they decided to cancel it. But Katie Reif here talking about the whale. I, look. I get it. There are certain people who have issues, eating disorders and whatnot. But I would I would be skeptical that a majority of our overweight population has an eating disorder. I would I would speculate, and this is pure speculation, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a medical doctor, I don't know, this is a guess, but I would suspect that there are a number of people who are overweight because they just eat too much, and they don't exercise, and they eat the wrong things, and they sit around whether they're depressed, that's a different, you know, that's one thing. Depression can sometimes lead to sitting around, which you eat, and you don't get up, and you don't get active. We just spent two years under house arrest with people telling us, don't get out. <coughs> but, you know, don't watch... When did, when did we become such an oversensitive, everything-triggers-us society. Everything is a trigger for somebody. You know, you, you write a particular politician's name in chalk on the sidewalk and people blow a gasket. Oh, my! You know, Ron DeSantis sends 50 people to, to Martha's Vineyard and it's a, it's a crisis of epic biblical proportions for them. By the way... They put them on a bus with the National Guard and sent them to Cape Cod to a military facility. <clears throat> Just saying. <sighs> I don't know. Nerd makes a point over here on Odyssey. People tend to forget you can self-publish ebooks on Barnes & Noble. They do have an ebook reader app, though they gave up on actual devices. They're also the last book chain store in the U.S. Yeah, Barnes, Barnes & Noble uh, Nook was their uh, was their device. I do have uh, my book both on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble Nook. I never I, I never post the link to it. I guess I should. So um, so yeah, I I should probably do let me do that since uh, since it came up, I can do this now. Let's let's see if it's even still there because <laughs> I haven't even looked in a while. Uh, uh, let's let us see. Since this is random plots and magicians... Oh, by the way, this is what we're going to do. Random Stuff and Nonsense Day will be a semi-regular thing. We've got the Money Talk edition with Dan and, Dan and Matt. We're going to start doing open line Friday type things, too, where we open, where we open the, the floor to anybody that wants to talk about anything, as long as it's in the genre. Science fiction, fantasy, horror. Um... So we're going to do Open Line Friday, and every now and again, I'll do a random stuff and nonsense edition like we're doing today. And here's what I want to do. I want your help in putting those shows together. Because what I'll do, I've, I've grabbed just a bunch of random things today because I just went out and looked at the web, and here's the, here's the things what people are talking about. Why doesn't this thing want to load? So what we'll do 
is you guys, you all, you guys, can send me email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. Send me links to things you think would be worth talking about. And I'll add that to the pile. And when we do random, random stuff and nonsense, we'll have stuff that everybody has decided that we can talk about. And y'all send me things and we'll talk about it. So assuming that it's, you know, appropriate. All right. Barnes and Noble finally came up. Let me do this. Let's let's just see if it's even still there. Um, punctuation counts. There it is. Hey, look at that. Oh, I've priced it at $5.99? <laughs> anyway, there it is. The hero at the end of his rope. Uh, it is a self-published novella. I wonder if I should change that price. Uh, it's available as an e-book for 99 cents. So, there you go. Anyway, okay, so uh, Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula. Let's do this real quick, and then we'll then we'll head out for the weekend. Um, <laughs> Douglas, Douglas, I'm right there with you. He says I miss Starlog Magazine, but I'm scared to wish it to come back as it would become a nightmare woke monster like what happened with Sifwa and G4 TV. Maybe I I have not paid much attention to um, I have not paid much attention to Fangoria. Uh, since they've come back, I've seen a couple of things from people who work there or have have worked there. But uh, from everything that I've been able to tell for for the content of Fangoria magazine, I don't think I don't think the magazine itself has gone woke. I I, I can't say for sure. But those same people are responsible for Starlog and Comic Scene and a couple of other titles that are part of that Starlog group. Of titles, and I had a conversation with them at one point about I want to say now four years ago, four and a half years ago, where they had a plan, uh, and the Starlog revival likely would be some kind of online thing like they've tried before. Now, this is a different ownership since then, this is a different group of people that that own. Fangoria and the Starlog group now. Uh, prior to uh, Tara Ainsley is one of the one of the people that owns it now. Prior to that, Dallas Sonier, uh, who is one of the producers on uh, Gina Carano's Terror on the Prairie, uh, Dallas had it. Uh, he his company owned all of it, and and there was a uprising, whatever, and all of this. But uh, the Starlog is part of that group that is owned by the same company that owns Fangoria. And at one point, they did have a plan for Starlog to return, but uh, it's it's further down the line. They want to... They, at the time, their idea was, we want to solidify Fangoria, we want to get that solid and done and, and in uh, a number of subscribers and, and get it successful to that level... And then we'll look at the other things. So there's at least been conversations about bringing Starlog back, but I don't think I don't know that it's going to go past that. Who knows? I don't know. If they hire Annalee Newitz to run it, then yeah, it's going to be a mess. <clears throat> okay, so Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula coming out uh, earlier this week and and clarifying uh, both on Instagram and Twitter clarifying his absence from Quantum Leap. Now, we had heard back when it first started, people were like, oh, well, it, will Scott Bakula be back? This will give us our ending that we didn't have. You know, you know, Sam finally gets to go home, right? Well, it turns out, no. It becomes a sequel, reboot-ish sequel. And... There was still speculation because, you know, Bakalov's doing NCIS New Orleans, and then he's got this other thing that he was going to do, but that show didn't get picked up. So people were wondering, how, how much is he going to be involved? And, you know, Martin Garrow over there as the, as the showrunner, he's like, we'd love to have Scott, and we'd love to, you know, we'd love to have him on the show. We'd love to bring him back. And Bakula has pretty much put the kibosh on the whole idea. It doesn't sound like he's ever 
going to be coming back. But don't say never, you know, never say never. But he's posting here and uh, reading from his social media. To Quantum Leap fans around the world, in an effort to quiet the rumors and move on, and that sounds like he's had enough, First of all, thanks for hanging around through the decades. Here's the simple version of what's going on with the Quantum Leap reboot and me. I have no connection with the new show, either in front of the camera or behind it. There was some speculation that he was a producer on this, so it turns out he's not. In January, the pilot was sold and a script was sent to me because the character of Sam Beckett was in it, which makes sense, right? As so many of you have been asking me the last several months... How could you do Quantum Leap without Sam? Or Al, for that matter? Well, I guess we're about to find out. That's the story. As the show has always been near and dear to my heart, it was a very difficult decision to pass on the project, a decision that has upset and confused so many fans of the original series. However, the idea of anyone leaping around in time and walking a mile in someone else's shoes remains a very appealing concept and so worthy of exploration especially given the current state of mankind. In that spirit, I am crossing my fingers that this new cast and crew are lucky enough to tap into the magic that propelled the original Quantum Leap into the hearts and minds of generations past and present. I wish them good luck and happy leaping. So, he's done. It sounds like here, Scott Bakula doesn't want to have anything to do with the new one, because if the pilot had Sam Beckett in it, and Bakula said, no, there's got to be a reason. And I would say that it's probably a story reason. Whether he didn't like what they did with Sam or there's not enough of Sam in the pilot, I don't know, who knows? There could be all sorts of different reasons why he would pass it up. It could also be that he's sitting there going, you know, he, he makes a... a illusion here, the current state of mankind, it sounds like maybe, and I'm speculating, it sounds like maybe this show is going to be a little bit too much. Message, maybe? Hopefully, the new Quantum Leap doesn't get in our faces with screeching preaching. I don't want that in my shows. Don't hit me over the head with message fiction. Just tell a good story. And I'll give it a chance. I'll look and I'll say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll sit through three episodes and see if it's worth it. I'm not optimistic, but I'm not pessimistic either. I'm just, okay, whatever. We'll do it. We'll see. You know, three episodes is about my limit right now because She-Hulk, Obi-Wan, you know, okay. I'll do three to see what happens. I've seen a lot of positive buzz about Andor. That's coming next week. I give it three episodes. See what happens. I don't know. Who knows? All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. Knurd, Egg, Dave, Douglas, Keeley, Mazers. I saw Mazers in there earlier. I think I saw Robert. Did I see Robert? I didn't see Robert. Cam. Uh, who else? I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody. Christopher. All right, that's it. I see everybody. Good to see all of you. And... I'm serious about collecting topics. Send me stuff. Live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom Send me the email. Say, hey, we can talk about this on the next random stuff and nonsense episode, and we'll do it. All right. That's it for us. Uh, good morning, Multiverse, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, with all the week's headlines. Of course, we're on all the social medias. And... Uh, you can find us in various different places, different video platforms, and there's a newsletter you can sign up for. All those links are in the notes. 
and we will do this again next week. And if my math is right, and if we don't take any breaks on the show from now to the end of the year, <clears throat> we will hit episode 500 on or near December 30th. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how close we get. So something to shoot for. All right, thanks for being here, folks. Remember, if you choose to wallow in your past, you will not have a very bright future. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 